This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, China high yield, Hong Kong dollar, Remnimbi dual counter liftoff, Binance is dying, Nasdaq goes X power. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 199. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. It was another strange week in bit carnage, as Binance was apparently not a multiple of companies being mentioned in reports in Nigeria and the UK. Thus, they claimed they were not unwelcome by the SEC in Nigeria, while imposters have several UK-based Binance entities. All in all, it was hardly a vote of confidence in Binance throughout the course of the week, however. News also emerged that many of their European executives are apparently leaving, just as Binance also withdraws from multiple jurisdictions. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets as a standalone, you can find BitCarnage on Substack. The LME Nickel Nightmare case has hit the High Court in London. The biggest possible worry for the parish is not so much how LME fares as possible SRO ramifications, which may impact all of London's regulated markets. In results this week, just one set of results and actually a private company, Luxembourg Stock Exchange, they reported record profits for 2022. Admittedly, those were hugely buoyed by the windfall gain from selling their subsidiary Fundsquare to the UK-based fund data and technology company FE Fund Info. In deals, another deal from Nasdaq this week, they are selling their power exchange assets in Scandinavia to EEX. It's almost five years since Mr. Ass made a right einer of himself. Nasdaq selling their power business to EEX is another coup for Peter Wrights. It's not hugely material as an enterprise, but it probably helps release CCP capital tied up on the Nasdaq balance sheets. Nonetheless, Nasdaq further reduces its core market's footprint, which was already scheduled to be under 25% of group revenues from exchange operations following the announcement of the transformative Adenza deal last week. Meanwhile, Adenza deal funding is a go-go, incidentally, with Nasdaq announcing proposed senior notes offerings. If you're trying to get your head around how this world of M&A and the future of exchanges is likely to go, you ought to consider my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's published by DV Books and Victory or Death is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. 
While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. Tuesday, 6pm London, 1 o'clock New York time, the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our latest episode, gripping discussion with Eamon Butler, the boss of the Adam Smith Institute, leading UK free markets think tank. And we were discussing, well, what else following his anniversary on June the 5th, Adam Smith 300 years on. Coming this week on Tuesday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, that's 6pm London Time, going to be a great IPO vid live stream 112 with Ira Harris. Patience is a virtue is the title for that discussion with a world-class macro trader with half a century of experience. Meanwhile, in response to readers' queries, we've added a Book of the Week column to the Exchange Invest Weekend Edition. You can sign up for EI Weekend, incidentally, for free and enjoy some more macro reading every Saturday morning. Just go to exchangeinvest.com to sign up for that, or indeed our subscriber newsletter, The Exchange of Information, Exchange Invest Daily. To coincide with the 300th anniversary of Adam Smith's birth, we're highlighting his masterpiece, The Wealth of Nations which endured a 17-year gestation period, including extensive conversations with contemporary economists such as Nicholas Magins. The result is a masterpiece that frames so many aspects of society, the Industrial Revolution, and more in a readable format, which endures in its insights to this day, thanks to its practical application of a reformed economic theory to replace the mercantilist and physiocratic economic theories that were becoming outdated as the Enlightenment was powered by industrial change driving societal improvement for all. The Wealth of Nations does for economics what Immanuel Kant's critique of pure reason achieved for philosophy, and hence that's why it's our Book of the Week. In product news, it was one small step between stock counters provides a giant leap for stock trading. As we described it in Exchange Invest, dual stock trading in Hong Kong dollars and Chinese RMB is a hugely exciting development for Hong Kong Exchanges Group, and it went live this week. Elsewhere, CiboClear Europe planned to introduce clearing services for securities financing transactions. The LIBOR experience, that whole scandal, must be re-examined, says Lord Tyree. Not sure it really strikes me as being a worthwhile exercise. Euroclear have eased their ban on settling trades with some Russian bonds under legal pressure. And meanwhile, the new product of the week is clearly lithium carbonate futures and options. As electric vehicle demand surges the world over, both Guangzhou Exchange and the CME Group are looking to launch futures and options on lithium carbonate at the earliest possible opportunity making a welcome return in the universe of products. Groundnut Futures are returning to the NCDEX, that's the National Commodity and Derivative Exchange of India, after a hiatus of more than 13 years. Sadly, bad news on the IPO front. The WeSoda IPO collapsed almost as fast as it tried to get off the ground. Another body blow to London in the middle of the London Stock Exchange Group, having entirely lost focus on their core knitting of running markets. Technology news this week. The Swiss Stock Exchange, they've been probing what was a rather catastrophic three-hour trading blackout during the course of the week. While in Buenos Aires in Argentina, the National Securities Commission are pressing charges after a ransomware attack on their files. Finally, 
ASEA, the African Securities Exchange Association, they're setting Q3 for the Phase 2 rollout of their AELP cross-border linkage project. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. Regulation news this week, a lot of minutiae, one fascinating macro effort. The Bank of England have launched a first sector-wide liquidity stress test. According to their own words, the Bank of England has launched its first system-wide liquidity stress test to establish how big banks, insurers, clearinghouses and investment funds respond collectively during extreme stresses in markets, it said last Monday. It's not a bad idea, but might there also be a chance of a cross-Bank of England stress test to check how coherent the management are, given a widespread confidence crisis amongst the public in the ability of the Bank of England, dating back to the Mark Carney era, if not before. Career paths this week, a bit of an upheaval at SIBO Global Markets. Megan Goat, the new SVP Chief Marketing Officer. Hattis Unal becomes SVP of Infrastructure. Lara Fusson, VP of Futures. Jody Gunzberg, Head of Strategic Partnerships. And Catherine Kirkpatrick becomes Chief Legal Officer for the SIBO Digital Subsidiary. SIBO appears to be trying to grow up. It will be interesting to see if their new marketing approach extends beyond the parochial Chicago loop and not much else. Meanwhile, another person or two out in the C-suite of ASX, par for the course these days. The Politburo itself notes... Following a dedicated career spanning 23 years at ASX Group Executive Securities and Payments, Tim Hogben confirmed his intention to take leave before departing ASX to pursue new opportunities. The sentence, and he should count himself lucky he was allowed to leave the Politburo without being sent to the gulags in the Northern Territory, has apparently been omitted from this release. Given Tim Hogben steps down immediately, the clear conclusion is either ASX find him to be clearly in some sort of mega breach, or ASX has completely and utterly lost the plot. The good news is ASX appears to have kept their company secretary long enough on this cycle for them to be a signatory to this message. At least we can rejoice in the stability of the Politburo in one area. Hurrah! Meanwhile, however, Mr. Hogben is being immediately replaced by Clive Triance, who's coming from London to join ASX. And in more news buried in the release, ASX have lost yet another C-suite. Their human relations chief, now styled Group Executive People and Culture, Lisa Green, has also resigned. When Ms. Green leaves, her former post will be further rebranded as ASX has expanded the remit of the people and culture portfolio to include certain transformation responsibilities and was recruiting a new chief people officer. Transformation responsibilities? The ASX can transform anything, as we've seen all too clearly from the $250 million chess replacement fiasco. Out there in big world, it doesn't get much better in terms of transformational management. Way back when, the smugocracy was busy QEing its way to nirvana and profiting from property leverage, which was not available to most normal mortals. Well, in those days, central bank bosses, like the egregiously incapable Mark Carney, were busy wrapping up the bond market in zero yield while demonstrating their own form of net zero. Net zero intelligence, that is. 
Anyway, Exchange Invest and indeed your podcast host PLY have long noted just watch somewhere a bit north of 4% and it will have a Dante Inferno feel to it. Hey presto, the yield curve has arisen with gusto and now base rates are locked on towards 6% in the UK. The result is near meltdown in a nation where at dinner parties you are judged socially more significant by the size of your mortgage. Coming soon to other nations too, I suspect, although intriguingly Poland may have topped out already, but then they aggressively moved to 625 to 7%, depending on your preferred marker, very early and will likely stick there as others scramble to kill the inflation their QE stupidity let loose in the first place. Meanwhile, precisely as we have been anticipating for years now, the new-gen hysteria on mortgage rates is hitting in the mid-single digits, where a generation before, rates had to be 3x that to really cause the same degree of pain. Mid-1990s, Lawson boom peak was six times average income to house prices, incidentally. Nowadays, we're over nine and still rising in the UK. The US equivalent for that, incidentally, was around 4.2x in the mid-1990s, rising to over 7.5x now. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, wishing you a terrific week in blockchain life and markets as I'm sitting here under a very, very busy flight path at Miami International Airport. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.